natural but in the spiritual all things belong to us when we lift up the name of Jesus we can have strength in the times of trouble amen we can have hope amen when things look if we just continue to worship him and praise him to give him the glory that he is due Our strength comes when we call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So glad to be here this morning. Amen. You can be seated. We just thank God for another opportunity to be in his presence. Calling upon his name. Giving him glory and praise. Amen. In these days and times. Amen. We know that. Hallelujah. Things are still disjointed with all the COVID and vaccines and all those things but God is still on the throne and he's still watching over his people hallelujah See, he, he's the cure that we all need today amen if we just hold on to him amen he'll bring us through and I just thank God for amen for just having that confidence being able to give us that confidence amen that we can stand on his word amen that we can trust him Amen. When things seem like they're going just completely crazy, amen. The Lord already knew who was coming our way. Hallelujah. I said, He already knew who was coming our way. See, so we don't need to be fretful and fearful and wondering and worrying, amen. We're just trusting. Just trusting in the name of the Most High God. And He will make a way for us every single time. We just hold on. Amen. As the scripture says, the, the songwriter said, hold on to what? His unchanging hand. Amen. I thank God. Amen. Just want to welcome everybody this morning. Amen. Glad to see those that are here. Amen. And believing for blessings on those that are watching online. Amen. God is, God is, God is in the room. I, I just feel like this morning. Amen. He's in the room. Hallelujah. And all we got to do is to let him have his way. Amen, because I believe when God is in the room, amen, I don't just mean just just his presence, his spirit, hallelujah, is in the room. There's so much so I believe. Amen, and when we do that, in our life, in our situation and circumstances, amen. And, you know, so I, I just thank God that we can feel his presence. This is not something that's abstract, but we can feel his presence, amen. We call upon his name, hallelujah. We thank God again, hallelujah, for another day, amen, as we get ready to go into the rest of our service, amen. We thank the Lord. We had a beautiful service on last Sunday, you know, just celebrating Mom Daisy Blackburn, amen. She's so dearly missed in my heart, and I know in the hearts of, of so many, amen. But she left us with something. 
Huh? Can you say that she left us with something? Something that we can hold on to, amen. The love of God flowing through her and operating and changing lives, amen. She left us with something that, that can give us peace, amen. When we look around and we don't see her smiling face, we can remember, hallelujah, how much she loved. And how, how, how blessed she was, a blessing to so many people, amen. We just thank God she will never be forgotten. Hallelujah. Amen. So right now we're going to get ready, amen, for the word. Are y'all ready to receive the word this morning? I, I know I'm ready to receive the word, amen, because, you know, God is speaking, amen, and I, I want the Lord to come and have his way. So let's stand on our feet, amen, those that are with us, amen, as we get ready to receive our word coming from Pastor Linda this morning, amen, that God will have his way, amen. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord. Lord, we just thank you this morning. Oh, God, we just thank you. As we were singing that song, praise is what I do. Oh, Father, we just thankful that we know that in every season, praise is what we do. Praise is the answer. Praise, yes. Yes, Lord. praise is remembering who you are, God, thank the you. mightiness of you, oh, God. Hallelujah. The witness of you, oh God. And Lord, praise is what we do. God, we're just thankful today that we are able to praise and lift you up, God. Oh God, we thank you that in spite of, God, not just because of, in spite of, we yet praise you. Today, God, we ask that your word would just go forth, God, that it will touch our hearts, God. It will bring us to another level in you, God, another level of faith, another level of knowing, another level of comfort. And God, we are thankful for this day that you have given us. And we do rejoice and we are glad in it because you are Lord over it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning and just thankful for that song because worship, you know, worship is so appropriate. And sometimes we think that worship is more appropriate when it's good things, when it's things that make us happy. And But worship is appropriate at all times, but when you can worship when it's bad times, sad times, when, when, when things aren't like you thought it would be, amen? It will take you to the throne of God and it reminds you that God is still on the throne. No matter what the circumstances are in our life, God is still on the throne and he's still a big God and he's still, his word is still true and he's still working things out for us and that all things is working to our are good. I love when I get in worship and it just just takes me to the throne of God and just it seems like everything else just kind of dissipates. It just kind of leaves because God is bigger. And I'm so glad I serve a bigger God than all the big things that can come against us. God is bigger. This morning I want to talk about um, abundant living. Abundant living. The truth about abundant living is it's a gift of God, all right? And uh, a lot of times, even going through this week as God was um, dealing with me about, uh, first it was, I thought I was going to speak on grace, and then the Lord just started dealing with me about this week, and he was talking about abundant living. 
and how many times um, our definition of abundance can get us out of the truth of God. If our definition and perception of abundance is wrong, we will be disappointed in God. We will think that that God is not a man of his word if our definition and perception is wrong. And so as as you can look into people's lives and you can see troubles and sorrows and pains, and and many times uh, people will look at Christians and they will see the sorrows and the pains and the troubles, and they will think about, well, you know, what kind of life is that? You know, they will, they will demote it as something that isn't abundant living. And that's because they're looking at possessions. They're looking at status. They're looking at all the things of the world that means abundance to them. But today we want to talk about true abundance. In John 10 and 10, it says this. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In the Amplified, it says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may, may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. When you look at this, there's, God gives the purpose for for the thief, and he gives the purpose for himself. He says the thief, he's coming to steal from us. He's coming to kill, and he's coming to destroy us. But he said, I have another purpose. I have a better purpose. I have an above and beyond purpose, and that is that you might have life, life, and that you might have that more abundantly. Now, again, here again goes, what is our definition of life? What is our definition of life? In John 14 and 6, it says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. What is life? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is life? Jesus said, I am, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. In the Message Bible, it says, Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. I am the road you should travel on. I am the truth you should live by. And I am the life that will sustain you. God was letting us know that we could be looking for everything else. Truth can be what we perceive it to be. But God said, don't get mixed, mixed up. Don't get confused. I am. There's just no other. I am. I am the road that you should be walking on. You know, there's many roads, you guys. Many roads. And many times we take exits off of, off of the main road, right? But God said, I am the road. Don't take an exit. I am the road. I'm also the truth. And what he's saying is, I'm the only truth. I'm the only truth. And when we look for any truth outside of God, that's when we err. That's when we fall short. He's like, I am the life that will sustain you. I'm the life that will carry you and bear you up. I am the life that will sustain you. One of the things as we're talking about truth this year is that God wants to get rid of the clutter of untruths 
that are in our lives, the clutter of things that we've learned through tradition, things that we've just picked up that's, you know, sometimes we just pick up something because it sounds good. We start saying it because it sounds good. But just because it sounds good does not mean that it has the power of the truth of the word of God in it. And God wants this year, he wants to unclutter some of these things that we're walking by but not finding any fruit from. Walking in and not finding any victory. We know these things and we say them as truth, but we don't see any victory coming out of them. We don't see anything that, that, that is powerful because we can have a form of the truth, right? but still denying the power of that truth. And so God wants us to really know truth, be in the truth, so that as we walk in the truth, we can begin to see the fruit of his word in our lives. God came to smash the lies. When he came, he came to earth to smash the lies. He wanted to reveal our true identity because a lot of times we don't know who we are. And if we don't know who we are in Christ, right? We will walk outside of the power that belongs to us. He, he came to conquer what was conquered, what was conquering us, and that was sin, all right? He came to empower us to rise up, and he came to prepare us to live with him forever. God had purpose when he came. And I thought about that song that says, I have a father. He calls me his own. And before time even began... My life was in his hands. That is the truth. Before time even began, all of our lives was already in the hands of the most high God. And we have a father this morning that, that it, when we talk about abundant, abundance means super and above, not ordinary, extraordinary. You know, we have fathers, but we also have a father that is super above. He is extraordinary above any father that's on this earth. And God wants us to remind us of that because sometimes we get stuck in our natural DNA instead of our spiritual DNA. All right. And it doesn't matter who naturally brought us into the world. God, he spiritually ordained us before time even began. In Psalm 16 and 11, it says, you will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The message says this, now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. I'm on the right way ever since you took my hand. You know, I thought about that, that as a parent and we take our children and we're walking and and the safety is, is they're holding our hands. But have you ever had a child that tried to struggle against you because something they saw over there or someplace else they wanted to run to? And sometimes we get out of the safety of our father's hand because of something we see over there, something else we want to get to. But God said, I'm the path. Keep holding my hands. And I love how David said, you got my feet on the life path ever since you took my hand. There is a moment in our life, and I pray it's still there now, when God grabbed our hand and we knew, I'm on the right road now. 
I've been struggling. I've been going through. I've been lost. But all of a sudden, God took our hand and we was like, wow, I'm on the right road now. And God wants us to know because we knew that something changed. We knew that there was a certain abundance. There was things that was stealing from us. It was no longer stealing from us. There was something that we knew more of when we got into Christ that we didn't know when he wasn't holding our hands. Oh, God, please keep our hands within your hand. So this morning I looked at this story that's a familiar story to me, one of my favorite stories. Um, and I want to go over it because it's going to, it talks a lot about why Jesus came and the abundant living that he wanted us to have. In John 4, 3 through 10, it says this. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Now, this, um, this one little point right here, every time I read it, it blesses me so much. It tells me about a God that comes to help us, to save us, that he didn't have to go through, he didn't have to go through Samaria, you guys. But it says, he must needs go through, he must need, it was needful. It was needful for him to go through Samaria. There was a purpose for him to go through Samaria. There was someone that he wanted to help. And this morning, again, I, I, I think about that so many. He wanted to bring some truth. So he must need. Now, Samaria was, was not a safe place. And, and, and to go through Samaria, a lot of times the people that would go, they would be robbed. They were not considered a people to be even considered. But God... He decided that day, I must needs, there's someone in Samaria that needs me, that needs the truth. And I thought about it this morning as, as we're sitting here and we're hearing the word of God, God has, I must needs go to Samaria. We all have a Samaria place in our thoughts. We all have a place that, that, that is robbing us, that is killing us because it's not a right thought. It, it's not truth. And God, he doesn't stay away. And he says, no, there's some untruth in our thoughts. That's what he's telling us this year. There's some untruth that's cluttering our mind. And I must needs be going through Samaria. There, there's some thoughts that I want to crash and shatter so that my people, they can walk in strength and power and deliverance so he says he must needs go through some aren't you so glad that God will come see about you even in your thinking when your thinking is off he doesn't just stand back and just not let your thinking stay off but he says no 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 no. I must needs go I got to change that thought that's my daughter that's my son and I want them to have victory and power in their lives I must needs go there I must need go through Samaria I, I must go through that mind that's tangled up with the cares of the world I must go through that mind that that's got some wrong thought and they're walking that thought I must needs go there then he cometh to a city of, in Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the pars, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Now Jacob's well was there. 
Sometimes that's the problem right there. Familiar. This is what my family has. Jacob's well was the name of the well of the family. And sometimes the thoughts that we have are the thoughts from our family. We, we have a well established that, that we're drawing from and we're living by the well of Jenkins, the well, you know what I'm saying? The well of that family name, There's those thoughts, those precepts that we've been taught through the well that we've been bought up on. So it says when he gets there, there's a well, there is a well, there's a well of teaching, there's a well of thought patterns, there's a well of walking out, there's a well that they're drawing from. Now, Jacob's well was there, but Jesus came to tell them of a better well, okay? Because sometimes we're really proud of our well. We're proud of the things that our families have taught us, the things that we walk in. Don't let nobody mess over you, you know. We'll say those things, and and we're proud of them, and, and we respond out of that well, But God has a better well. Some things in our well are hanging us up. And and some things in our well is is crippling us. And God had needs to go to let somebody know there is a better well. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? Now remember what I'm talking about, those thoughts. She didn't know who she was. Jesus had needs to show this woman who she was. First of all, she had limited herself by her race and by her gender. <laughs> she, she knew that by protocol <laughs> that men didn't usually talk to the women. Um, she knew by her race that she was already thought of as nothing and a nobody. Okay? Uh, and Jesus came to smash that. Aren't you so glad that... that he came to smash those things that, that would hold her back and stop her from being all that she could be. And you guys, there's things in our lives that God's saying this morning, the truth will set you free. And it will stop you from feeling like I'm a nothing, I'm a grasshopper, I'm a nobody because of my race, because of my gender, because of protocol. I can't do this, I can't do that. Jesus came to smash all of that for men and for women. In it, he says, answered her and said, if thou knewest the gift of God. I want to say that again. The first thing she said, he said, if thou knewest the gift of God. Ignorance comes from what we don't know, right? We walk in in areas of ignorance we walk in areas that steal from us because we don't have the gift of knowing the truth the gift of God if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked of him 
and he would have given the living water. What he pointed out was that if you knew, if you just knew the gift of God, that what he wanted to do, that he wants to raise you up. He wants to lift you up. He, he, he wants you to know who you are. And he says, if you knew that it is I that is the life giver, he said, you would have asked me to give you living water, right? He let us know that a lot of times our focus, when our focus isn't on the life giver, we look for a lot of other things to give us life. You know, this morning I was just thinking, doing praise and worship, and I think it was pastor, that in this season, I'm so glad that I know the life giver because there's so many substitutes that I could be going for, right? I could want to drink myself silly. Come on. To just anesthetize the pain that's in my heart, right? Come on. I, I, I could just, I could just want to get in the bed and cover up my head and, and don't come out and try to sleep, 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 sleep. Come on. Depression could just reign over me in this time. There's just so many things that we choose from the wells of the world that we think that is going to be life. This, this will give me life. I can go get some drugs. I can get high. I can smoke a blood. I can do oh, just to anesthetize this pain and make it go away. But I am so glad this morning, hallelujah, that I'm drinking from the well of the living water that never runs dry because I can smoke a blood but as soon as that high goes I could be needing another blood right I could get drunk as drunk can be but as soon as I come back and there's all those after effects that are no good after that but this morning you know what I found out that I went to the living water and all I had to do was worship and worship him and as soon as I begin to worship him I I begin to feel God ease the pain and you know what he's right there with me in it he says I'm with you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you and on your journey of grief I'm not off of it I'm on it with you right there. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. I'm so glad this morning from the water from the living, living water that I don't have to think of other things that would, would anesthetize the pain and people are thinking of so many things right now. People are angry and they're mad and and they want to go. Some people even want to go hit somebody or hurt somebody because I don't have all of that. I have the peace of the Lord. This is I'm right here with you. I'm holding you and I will never let you go. I'll be with you when you cry. I'll be with you when you sigh. I'll be with you when you fall on the floor and kick your legs. I'm right there. But you don't have to do anything. Anything that's going to become a master over you. Come on. Because I am the one, the living water. If you just drink it, you guys. If you, and I think so. I think so often, Jessica. I think so often about water. Water is best for our body. Okay. And, 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 and have you noticed that we will pick 
soda and juice and, and Kool-Aid and, and all these different things. We will eliminate whatever. And last night, I, I remember going into the house and, and, and I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty, Jessica. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. And so I'm just looking around, looking around, you know. And I'm saying, oh, I'm going to drink some of this cold tea, this cold tea, cold tea. That didn't do nothing for me. But I can hear it in my spirit. You need water. And why it is that we will try everything else but the thing that is needful. And that's what we do with God. As soon as I drunk that water, Jessica, I could find it. I felt so restless, like restless. I'm still thirsty. I'm still thirsty. And as soon as I drunk that water, I can lay down. I felt satisfied. God wants to know. He is satisfied. He is all satisfied. And anything else we try outside of him is just temporary. And it will not satisfy us. It will not be the ultimate satisfaction. You guys, it is God. And so he said, if you knew this gift, that the gift, if you just know, God is telling us, oh, do you know the gift? Do you know the gift of God? The gift of God is that we have Jesus Christ in our life. And that anything else we try is inferior. It is not the superior God of all gods that's in our life. Abundance means more to a lot of people. It means stuff. It means status. It, 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 it means relationships. It means the abundance means I have all these friends. You know how people are just, they're just constantly looking. That's why Facebook is so, has so many people looking at, looking, I don't care who we are. I, I have yet met a person that hasn't looked at their likes. Okay, because our likes is who's liking me, who's reading me, who's got me, who who agrees with me. Uh, uh, the likes is like my uh, group of friends, and then there's people that really they their whole thing is to get more likes than somebody else likes. More friends. It's, it's, it's the weirdest thing that we have this thing that just needs to be validated. Need, do you like me? Do you like me? But God loves us, and he wants us to know that, and we can live our lives off of likes. We can live our life off of, man, I didn't get no likes on this. Man, nobody said that. Nobody said We can live our lives on portraying how beautiful, and we want somebody to see us as beautiful. Mm, look at me, look at me, look at me. And the abundance of that makes us feel good. It's just, but it's so shallow, you guys. It's so, God said it's so shallow. It's because the abundance of friends and the abundance of life is temporary. Because somebody that's liking you now might not like you tomorrow. Come on. And, and, and then what happens when your whole energy is about them liking you and your whole insatiable thing that's the water that you need to drink is likes when you don't get likes. What happens when you don't get likes? Do you demote yourself? Do you say I am not because I didn't get 25 likes? But do we know he came to give us an identity that goes past man's affirmation of us. God said, look, 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 look. I need you to know I love you. I'm the gift. The biggest like you could ever have in the world is Jesus Christ. And if nobody else loves you or cares about you, you get to the place where you know, he loves me. We, 
we run after things. We run after money. We run after, we think having a lot of money. We think having the biggest house. We think the baddest car, the best looking body. All these things we run after. We, we strive after. But in John 6 and 27, it says this. Labor not for the meat which perisheth. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him that hath God the Father's seal. I love in the Amplified Bible says this, Stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food, which endures continually unto life eternal. The Son of Man will give, furnish you that. For God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. So when he says, if thou knewest the gift, he was saying, if you knew that I'm beyond that stuff that perishes, I'm beyond that stuff that runs out. I am the person that is eternal and that what I give you is lasting. It doesn't just for this temporary moment, it's lasting. What God gives us, it's lasting. It can be used today, tomorrow, in your future. It's lasting. In the Message Bible it says, don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you. Food that nourishes your lasting life. Food that the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. If we are not, the truth is, is that if we're not careful, we will put God second. And everything else first. The truth is, is that as we look at the world, it would seem that that works. It seems like they're getting ahead. It seems like they're not paying their, they're not paying tithes to nobody. It looks like they're getting ahead. They're not, they're not at church on Sunday morning. It seems like they're getting ahead. It seems like they got, they have more. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will fall into those, that kind of thinking. And that thinking is not truth because God to seek ye first. Because a lot of things that we seek in the world is things that adds nothing to us but really takes things away in our mind we think that having more money or having more relationships and, and but but if you you know it, from the outside sometimes we're it, on the other side and we're looking out and everything looks so great okay but sometimes uh the havoc of relationships in people's lives because they don't have godly relationships the havoc of, of running after and needing people so that we will sell ourselves for somebody to be in our life. You don't know what it's cost them to have all that. But we want all that. And God, in his mercy and knowledge, he gives us what we need and not what we want. 
Because some things that we want, do you understand? Some things that, we, and not, he will give us some of our wants. But some of our wants are things that is going to totally destroy us. And that's why seeking him first, because when you seek him first, he gives you wisdom and knowledge and desires that line up with his word that does not take away from, but adds to your life. We need God in our life. <laughs> it says, after all, and I love this, in Romans 14 and 17, it says this, after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and the drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Message Bible, it says this, God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. One thing, he keeps talking about food. Those things, those things we want in the world. Those things that, that we think is nourishing to us. Nourishing to our body, nourishing to our mind. Those things that we go after to be what we think will make us be all that. Well, God is saying, if you just knew the gift. I'm the gift. I'm the creator. And the creator knows what you're supposed to be. The creator knows everything about you. But we strive and struggle to be all this stuff that we see somebody else being instead of letting him be, drinking from his well, and we'd be so frustrated. And all of a sudden we come to a place you can be, try to be like someone so much or some, the world so much, you don't even know who you are. And God is saying, come to me. I'm the gift. I'm the gift of God. And he said, I have living water for you. Living water that will, it's not like Kool-Aid. It's not just sweet with nothing in it. Okay? It's just not, just that we want the sweet life. You know? We want the sweet life. That's that, the happy, happy, happy joy life of the world. But God said, I'm not that. I'm the kind of water that actually brings nourishment to you, that actually does something for you, not something against you. A lot of times in drinking those different things, there's with all the sugar and stuff. Remember, sugar can be an enemy, right? And only God can help us to do it in modesty, right? That's why we need him more than we need the sugar, right? Only God can help us because those things make you want more of it like the world. Things that are bad and you get stuck on, you just want more, 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 more. And it takes everything to break that thing. But when God gives you living water, it's the living water that we can drink, drink, never, never run dry, Never takes up, take anything from us, but adds a lot to us. When he said that he would give us life abundantly, he was telling this lady, and when you're thinking about this lady, that sometimes we put emphasis on the fact that she had five husbands, but, I mean, that was just, that was just her place. That was just her thing, okay? So we can put emphasis on and not grab hold of what five things do we have. Mm. <laughs> What five things are we holding on to that we shouldn't be holding on to? 
we'll find things are destroyed and depleting us and taken away from us. But you know, we can get stuck there. And so the story's not just to talk about this adulterous woman. It's, 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 it's talking about sin, period. That sin is a robber and it's a thief and it came to steal and kill and destroy. It, it came to let us all look in and say, what do I have? If Jesus walked up to me, what do I have that he can... I can say I did this and I did that. And he goes, yeah, but you did this. See, what, 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 what could he inform us of that's holding us? And a lot of times we can look and scam over this story and think about, oh, the poor ladies and, and lady and, 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 and she, all these men left her and, and, um, you know, what a bad life. And, but she had sold her hope into something that wasn't God. And I'm telling you this morning, what have we sold our hope in? Sold our hope into that isn't God. Sold our hope into our, our what, what well are we still going to and dipping our spoon into that well and, and dipping our bucket into that well and drinking from that well, but that well hasn't bought us anything. It hasn't bought us any joy, peace, or, but it's just a comfortable place. It's just a place that we know. And, and God is saying, I, I come to tell you that there's a truth that's above the truth that you know. There's a better truth. There's a better well. And he says, we all have places in our lives where we're honest. We all have this place, whether it's five, two, or one. We all have a place where there's something that's stealing from us. And God says, I have needs to go through Samaria to that place that's stealing from you and let you know it's only the truth that will set you free. And only through the word of God. We can go through anything. You know, your well may be Dr. Phil. Come on, I don't know who your well may be. Be some magazine you read. Your well may be where you're dipping from. It may not just be your home. It may be you have found somebody you admire. and It sounds good. It sounds good. I said it sounds good. People and, and great speakers, and we have all these speakers in the world that, that can influence people and say things, and, and we be going like oh that ooh, that sounds good I'm going to grab that that sounds good but sounding good and being good and being truth that doesn't always add up as the same just because it sounds good sometimes things sounds good because it's what I want to hear <laughs> so that sounds pretty good because that's where I want to go that's what I want to do that's what I want to be in so now you validated the place where I want to be but it doesn't mean that I'm in the truth it means that it's a place where I want to be and so God's coming by and he's saying it's the truth you guys that will set us free abundance is not based on what the world's standard of abundance is God is a spirit God is a spirit. And when we worship him, we have to worship him in spirit and truth. God is teaching us to walk in the spirit and walk not after the flesh. But a lot of times we don't go and say, wait a minute, spirit of God, show me if this is right. Show me if this is your truth. Show me if I can compare this anywhere in your word. And we find ourselves walking out flesh ideals, flesh sayings, flesh. We find ourselves walking things out that we need to go back and go wait a minute wait a minute let me see let me see if this lines up 
with the word of God. If I can't put the scripture on it, I shouldn't be in it. Did you understand what I said? If I can't put the scripture on it, I shouldn't be in it. The scripture is what we compare everything we say and do with to see whether it be of God. So one thing that we find out that is God, he gives us abundance of grace. This is, this is living life abundantly. Abundance of grace. Grace is the enabling power to do those things that we otherwise could not do. And so as we read the word of God, many people might say, I can't do this or I can't do that or I can't get off of this. But God gives us abundance of grace, super above what we could do. He gives us the abundance of grace to be able to do those things that he asks of us. He just doesn't ask us of any, anything that we can't do. He asks of us those things that we can do through him with, through abundance of grace. Then he gives us abundance of joy. And that's not just happy, happy because of my circumstances. It's gladness that's not based on your circumstances. It's based on God. In spite of, in spite of this, that's all, there's a joy. There's a joy that's in me that's in spite of my mother being gone. There is sorrow. And I do cry. But above that cry could sweep me away and it could drown me if that's all I have. But I have the joy of the Lord in my heart that there, that is bigger than just happy, happy, happy. Because the joy of the word that lets me know of the promises of God, that's what's in me. And I believe in what the word says. And so it gives me great joy that this is not my mom's final home. This is not my mom's final uh, resting place. This is not our final home. This is not our final destination. But there's a joy that comes in. And even in the midst of sorrow, I know that God has gone away to prepare a place for me, my mom, and all of us where we will live. So there's a joy, a joy that, that holds me up in spite of the sorrow that would want to crush me. Then God can give us an abundance of peace. Now see, these are things that we can't buy. See, that's what living a life abundantly is living off the word of God's promises and precepts, things you cannot buy, but things that God gives you that you can have at all times if you rest your hope in him. In Philippians 4 and 7, it says this, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of his salvation. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. That although there's, so, there's sorrow, there's an assurance in my spirit. There's an assurance that God's word is true. That God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And he is who he says he is. There's an assurance in there that, that gets me through those horrible, crushing times. There's a yet I know. Yet I know. In spite of this, yet I know, I know that there is salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God, and here's a place where peace we have to get. And being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that's peace. Now there's, that's, there's some powerful thing in that one right there. Of learning to be content 
with our earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace. That is peace when we can be content. We're not comparing ourselves. Why did this happen to me and it didn't happen to them? But content with our earth. Why do they have that and I don't have that? Content, it says godly contentment is great gain. It's peace when you have contentment. My life is in his hands. He's doing what's best for me. He might give you a million dollars and you'll be okay. Give me a million dollars. I might go haywire. Do you understand? God is it's like a good, good father. You, you, you might give something to one of your child that you wouldn't give to the other one. You might give the keys to the car and they'd be the same age. But you know the other one's going to be reckless and not thinking. And the other one is what? God is a good, good father. And so being content and being in a knowing that what I have from the Father's hand is what he knows will work for me. Amen? That is best for me. And being content. If you're not content, you're always grumbling and complaining and you're not at peace. Your spirit's not at peace. And it says, which transcends this peace. Man doesn't know about it in the natural. It says, which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount and guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I need, so, I need something to mount over my mind right now. Do you understand? Our minds, woo, they can spin out. They can spin out. But I thank God for the peace of God that he says he garrisoned. It stands like a guard. His peace stands like a guard. And it will let my grief only go so far. It will not allow my grief to take me to some unhealthy place that I can't come. It will garrison. It stands there. It stands guard. I'm so glad I got that gift in my life. The gift of God in my life. It will garrison and it will hold me up. And it says, it will mount a guard over your heart for what happens in sorrows and grief and loss and pain. The enemy comes to make us distrust God. The enemy comes to make us feel like God's not for us. The enemy comes to take our heart away. But he says the peace that he gives us will guard our hearts. It will stand on guard. It will not let the enemy come through and take our heart away from God. We can say, I have a yet praise. Hallelujah. Anyhow, I will yet praise because I can only do that because the peace of God, it guards my heart and it guards my mind in Christ Jesus. In, the, in, in Romans 15 and 13, it says this. Oh, may the God of great, because he gives us an abundance of hope too. Oh, may the God of great hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over, brim over with hope. This is the abundance God gives us. He says when he says we shall have lives and that more abundantly, it's the spiritual things that he gives us, the spiritual promises and, that he gives us so that we can navigate through this life. No, because he didn't promise us that it wasn't going to be suffering. He didn't promise us that there was going to be no pain. But in spite of those things, he says, I've given you something super and above what others would have if they don't have me I give you hope I give you peace come on I give you joy not as the world gives but as he gives I give you something that can help you to stand through the storm go through the storm and have a yet praise in your heart 
I'm so glad for that, that hope, that hope that, that is in me. You know, I, I love that scripture that has helped me so much that through death, God says that we don't grieve as those that have no hope. We don't grieve as those that have no hope. But God has given a hope within us that we're going to see each other again. He's given us a hope that, that on the last day and he calls us, we'll all rise up. Come on, together, meet him in the air where we'll live with him forever. There's a hope. There's a hope. Now, understand me, you got to receive all of this. If you don't receive his hope, you'll only walk in the hopelessness of man. That's not a good trade-off, is it? I want to walk in the hope of God that says, in spite of this, I know my Redeemer lives. In spite of this, I know who he is. I know he's a promise keeper. In spite of this, I'm going to see my Lord one day. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering, troubles, or storms. Sometimes we think that's joy. The absence of suffering, the absence of troubles, the absence of storms. But joy is the presence of God, the witness of God. That's my, ooh, the witness of God. It's that assurance that no matter what the storm, no matter what the trial, no, no, no matter what, what comes against us, God is with me. There's our super and above. God is with you. No matter what's going on at your job, no matter what's going on in your home, no matter what's going on in your marriage. I mean, uh, uh, save marriages get hit. Come on. Uh, save bodies get hit. Come on. Save finances get hit. People are going to lie on you and persecute you just because the banner of you is saved does not mean that these things are not going to come into our lives. But the power that is above it and the assurance that is above it, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me in every single situation. His witness, his power, his strength, his love, his, his showing and directing. It's with me. He's sustaining me. Because some things I'm just going to have to go through. When, the, when, the, when the, uh, the, bo- the three Hebrews went through the fire, they went through the fire furnace. God's witness doesn't mean you don't go in the fire. But what they say when they looked up, there was a fourth man in the fire. The witness of God was with them. And that's the abundant life that God is calling us to. To understand that we have life and that more abundantly. Because he is with us. Because he is with us. It says um, in Philippians uh, 4 and 7... And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to remind us of that. The peace of God will keep our hearts. I don't care what you're going through right now. Reach for the peace of God. Not for the peace of man. The peace of man means stop. (laughs) This situation, stop. This situation, go away. And then I'll have peace. But the peace of God is that I'm with you in the fiery furnace, in the den of the lion. I'm with you. In the time of grief, I'm with you. When people walk away, I'm with you. Come on. Today, the witness of God is the most abundant thing that we can have in our lives. 
It says in Ephesians, and I want to end with these two scriptures. It says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And that's a, that part is so wonderful, like that. Remember that part. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly. All, that, that's, that's good. But there's another part to it. The truth is, according to the power that worketh in us. We can take the first half, but we got to understand. First, we have to understand there is a power that worketh in us. That's why he said to the lady, if, to the lady, if you knew the gift, sometimes we don't know the gift. We don't know it to the extent of the power that it really is. Sometimes we devalue the gift. All right. The gift is right there. The gift's right there to do exceedingly abundantly. And we're still struggling trying to do it on our, our own self. But the gift's right there waiting for us to call upon that gift, believe in that gift, receive and embrace that gift. It says, according to the power that worketh in us. There's a power in you. Okay. But you got to acknowledge that power. You got to acknowledge it. You got to let it work in you. It says in Ephesians 3 and 21, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You know, I like this is if we do the first part, if we let the power of God work in us, okay, then the church will get the glory. Come on. The church will get the glory and people would see Christ. It says, unto him be the glory because we're giving him the glory when I let him work through me. I'm giving him the glory. I'm letting his abundance. A lot of people see us on the same level, come on, as the natural man because we're walking and talking and being and as a natural man but there's more to us there's a super abundance in us there's a supernatural in us and they need to see more of that because if God gets the glory God gets the glory when we let the supernatural arise in us to do the things that we naturally could not do then what it does is point to a God that's bigger bigger someone that they can trust in in Ephesians 3 and 20 in the message, it says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you ever imagined our guests are requesting your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. God is, don't struggle. We struggle so hard when God is trying to do something abundantly above what in my natural I could do we struggle no not that way God it couldn't, it couldn't work that way you, you mean for me to be quiet God you mean not to I need to go tell them and somewhere in us we feel like our power is going to bring the best but God is saying if we would just stop struggling and and know the gift that's within us that whatever he tells us to do when we're saying that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense to forgive that doesn't make sense to go say I'm sorry I didn't even do nothing why am I saying I'm going to say you're sorry I didn't even do and we we struggle against the super because see the super is something that I can't do in 
and of myself. In and of myself, I, I don't want to ask you to forgive me. In and of myself, but the super is God who comes and says, this is the best way. This brings the victory. This brings deliverance. Not just to the person that you're asking for forgiveness, but for you. He says, if we would allow the super abundance of God to work through us, he can do, accomplish, it says he can accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. He can accomplish more his way, his abundant way than what we ask or think. Our last scripture, Psalms 31 and 19, how abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all and those who take refuge in you. I want to read how the NLT says, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Now, did y'all get that? That if we do it God's way, okay? God's way, not our way. If we do it God's way, if we walk in his super abundant, exceedingly above what we can ask or think, that God, he will protect us. And he will protect us right in front of a watching world. It's like a a world is watching us to see what we have. A world is watching us to see this God that we proclaim. A world is watching us and they're not just watching us. We think they're watching to see if I got a big house. They're watching to see if I have the best car. They're watching to see if I got the best job. They're watching to see if I have the best credentials. There's people that got, no matter what you have, there's people that have bigger houses, bigger cars. There's people that have way more than we could ever attain in this world. Okay? but what they're really watching for and all those people Solomon all of them had a lot a lot a lot of Solomon had a lot of stuff richest man but he still said vanities of vanities all this stuff is just vanity the real thing is to know your God the real thing is to know who lives in you the real thing is to want his wisdom his precepts God is telling us, come on, a world is watching. The world don't care if you got a car. They say, I'll go, even if they can't afford it. They'll say, I'll go get a better one than you. They, they, they don't care if you got a big house. They, <laughs> they'll go get one too. But there is something strange about a person that has a big faith has a joy that shouldn't that you shouldn't even have joy right now everything all hell breaking loose and you've got joy you've got peace coronavirus scaring people you've got peace now that that gets their attention that says wait 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 they got something that I don't have. They know somebody that I don't know. There's a power in them that I don't have and it makes you attractive because there's a super on you. There's a super above your natural that's resting on you, that turns me. He says, he will in the midst. He said, they'll be watching you. He said, I prepare a table before you. Right in the presence of your enemies. Even those that are against you. God has an abundance on your life. He said, I will prepare a table before you. They're talking about you. They're slandering you. They're saying all manner. God said, 
they're, they're thinking you're not going to do nothing. You're poor, broke, disgusted. And God said, I will prepare a table. I will pray before your enemies. And while they're looking at you one way and got you down and out for the count, the next thing they know, God has set you up, raised you up, and they're looking like, what? How did they get by the super abundant God that we serve. You guys remember that he has come to give us life and that more abundantly. And that life comes from our attitude, our responses. is really what God is working. Our character is really what God is giving that super abundance to so that at all times, whether through the good We reflect a power within that's greater than our outside circumstances. Can you guys please stand? Oh God, we thank you. Oh God, we don't have to be defined by our circumstances, God. We don't have to be defined by our circumstances, God. No matter what we're going through, God, you are with us. You are for us. You are fighting for us. God, you're helping us through every situation. Oh God, we're so glad that you asked that question. If thou knew the gift. God, we're asking ourselves today, do we know the gift? Some of us would say, yes, I know him. Yes, I know him. Yes, I know him. But God says, go on to know me deeper and deeper and more and more. You never get to the place that you know the allness of God. As we continue to walk, there's more and more and more of our great Savior, of our great friend. And Don't get comfortable in, I know this, I know that. But go on to know Him in a deeper way. Oh God, we pray that we would open up our hearts, oh God, to you today. Oh God, those places, God, that we think tradition, through family, through generations that we've been walking in, oh God, oh God, that we would compare those things with your word, oh God, that we would trade our bucket and our well to drink from your well, God, from the living water that never runs dry, thank you, God, God, today somebody may be watching so thirsty, and I don't just mean in the natural, but so thirsty, something's missing you're frustrated, you're aggravated something's missing in your life you're trying everything, you're trying a relationship, that's not working you're trying drugs, that's not keeping you, you're trying alcohol you're trying sex, but you're just still frustrated, it's alright while you're doing it, but after it's over, there's still this major frustration today God invites you to come drink from the living waters never run dry he comes to ask you to welcome him into your heart he fills those places that you're trying to fill with things that will not last and will not help you down the road today is the day of salvation and God
God said in his word, harden not your heart like the children of Israel. Harden not your heart when you hear God says, come to me. Don't put it off tomorrow what you could do today. Your, your life can be changed today. Your heart can be changed today. The frustration can be gone today. It's just one touch. Just one word from the Father. And he can heal you and make you whole. His word is just that powerful. And so today, if, if you're listening and you're listening to us live stream this, I say it from the heart of God. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and weary, weary of this life, heavy laden with the burdens of this life. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Oh, come on. Who wants some rest today? I will give you rest, saith the Lord. Lord, and we thank you as we are standing here. Father, even though we may know it, sometimes the enemy comes in with his chaos. And God, he wearies us, God. But today we are reminding that all we have to do is come unto you. Come, come back unto you. Come worship you. Come read your word. and Just come to you and get in your presence, oh God. And rest is ours. Rest is ours. So I lift up every weary person, weary of the pandemic, weary of what we're going through, weary of death and dying, weary, just tired, Lord, tired of this earth and tired of the troubles of this earth. Oh, God. And looking for some escape. Somebody's even thinking about committing suicide. But that is not the escape. Our escape is in God. And in every situation, if we would just go to him, he will save us. He will deliver us. He will set us free. And so, Father, we thank you for the word today that you came to give us life and that more abundantly, far above the stuff of this world. You came to give us you your ever-abiding presence, your ever-abiding peace, joy, hope, love. Oh God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your peace. And may your peace prevail and walk with us during this week, oh God, as we walk out of here. Lord, we don't know what's coming at us, but we know what's in us, and that is the peace of God that passes all understanding and let us walk in that. This morning, I just a prayer. If there's anyone today that you, you've been wounded or afraid, and you just want a day, you just want to say, Lord, I, I come back to you. I get back in the ark of safety. I get back into your peace. We will pray for you this morning. Amen. If there's someone that just wants to give their lives to the Lord, you haven't given, you guys, don't, no matter how young you are, if you're under the sound of my voice, you need to give the your life to the Lord. There's a time that mama can't do it for you and daddy can't do it for you that you have to say, I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord over my life and God will welcome you. He will welcome you. These are decisions that we need to make every time we come to church no matter what the age is. If you have an understanding of, the, of God, you need to come to him. You're not going to get to heaven just on grandma's prayers. Do you? You've got to 
come. You must be born again. And so if anyone's in here and in your mind, he's like, am I born again? Have you asked yourself, am I born again? Born of the water, born of the spirit. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he said, you must be born again. If you can't say yes to that, maybe you need to talk to mom and dad. What does that born again mean? But you need to make a decision while there's breath in your body to come to the Lord. He is your savior. He is your deliverer. He's your friend. Father, we pray a covering over Priya right now. We pray the covering of your word, oh God. Father, we know that she has been given the word, God, and that the word richly dwells in her. And so, God, we pray a covering, God, that you are here, there, and everywhere. It's not the destination, God. It's the location of her heart. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that her heart will always be located in you and in your word, in your promises, and in your precepts. God, I pray that you would surround her with people that love you, strong mentors, God, that will continue to walk with her and be an example before her, not just in word, but in actions, oh God. God, I pray that you would use her and open up a door, God, open up a place where she can worship, God, that will bring health to her spiritual life, strength to her spiritual life. Lord, I ask that you open every door that is needed, oh God. Every place that she goes, I ask, God, that there will be someone there that can partner with her in you, oh God, that whatever job she's on, you have someone there that can partner with her in you, oh God. Oh God, I pray for every friend that she makes, oh God, that they will see, first of all, see the light of you in Priya, that they will see she's different, that they will see that you have called her out, God. God, that she would be attractive in the spirit of God that is within her, drawing many young people to her, where she will have her own way that you give her through her personality to tell them of the goodness of the Lord. Lord, I pray for you, for her on her lonely days, God, that she would find that you are with her, that you are with her. And Father, when there is no one else, and even when there should be no one else, the one that she seeks the most will be you. Oh God, keep Priya. Keep her right now in the name of Jesus. The plan that you have for her, God, bring it to pass, God, as she submits herself totally and completely to you and your plan. Watch over her as she travels back and forth. Give her traveling mercies at all times. Watch over her mom as her mom thinks about her and misses her. Oh, God, watch over her heart, God. And give her mom promptings, God, like you can do a mother. Give her mom promptings, God, because that's the kind of God you are. Promptings over her. When to send a word, when to say a word, when to check. Oh, God, give her those unctions that you can do. Keep her safe in you, Jesus. Safe in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We're going to turn it over.
to Jessica? Oh, Jessica. Uh, 